I serve a living God, even the devil knows. Say not true. Oh. I serve a living God, everybody knows. Say not you, the rain. Eh, eh, try. I serve a living God, every devil knows. Say not true. Oh, oh, oh. I serve a living God, everybody knows. Say not you, the rain. Oh, na na na. Oh, oh, say not true. Not true, not true. I serve a living God. Everybody knows. Say now you the rain. I serve a living God. I serve a living God. Say now you the rain, oh Jehovah, now you the rain, oh Jehovah, now you the rain, oh from the east to the west, now you the rain, oh all the glory, but you was not enough. Oh my goodness, internet. Hi everyone, good evening ladies and gentlemen, good evening dear friends. Welcome to another edition of Jesus is the Answer with Kathy Eka Kundenjingum. I am an ambassador of Christ Jesus and I am your host. You're welcome, good evening. How are you all doing? Mm. Coming to God's presence with Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving service. Hey, and the honor. I throw a saloto. Nobody can drink and with you. Hey, give God all the glory. Now you the rain, no. Authentic, are you the rain, no. East and the West. Yeah, I also stretch all over. I didn't find anyone. Are you the rain, no? Except Jesus. Jesus, now you the rain, oh. Alpha Omega. Nobody shares his glory. Mm. That's right. He's a faithful father. Whatever he says, it definitely will come to pass. Keep trusting him. You know the lie, you know the fail. He never lies. He never fails. Generation. Uh-huh. Never. Authentic <laughs> authentic God. That's who he is. Uh-huh. My eyes, ne? I can't open my eyes. <laughs> oh my God. God is faithful. Eba, come on, come on, come on, dance. Hey, Jesus, now you the rain, oh. Jesus, now you the rain, now you, now you the rain, 
Effortlessly he reigns. Geographically, no matter where you are, your, your destination, where you are heading to, wherever you are, he will definitely locate you. Hmm. Hmm. For he's a spirit, right? We give God all the glory. So before we dive into today's message, we know it's Thanksgiving service. Before we dive into today's message, let's welcome Abba Father. Let's welcome Yahweh. Father, you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the mighty man in battle. Yahweh, we give you all the glory, all honor, thanks, praise, and adoration belongs to you. Father, speak through me. Bless your children. Bring all those who are meant to be here. Let me disappear so you can appear. Bring glory to your name, Yahweh. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. As I soak everyone, including myself, into the precious blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus, the blood that speaks more than every other blood. Father, we thank you for sharing your blood on the cross of Calvary. We thank you, Yahweh. We thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed, amen. Let the Spirit of God move. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father, we thank you. Forsake me. Ah, except you build the house, the widow build the van. Me, I will follow you, they go. Anywhere you lead me, I will go. Jesus, ay, ay, ay. Mm. For your glory, your glory. Hey, mm. Chine do more, Chine do more. Ah. Taking me higher, Jesus. Mm. Never leave me nor forsake me. Do more, do more. You're taking me higher, Jesus. My for your glory, your glory, ah, Father. Mm, the little thing of you, be like an appetite, you know. Make the difference, it's just they embarrass me. Oh. I like it, oh, hey, come on. Mm, forget about that problem. You are in God's presence, He's aware, He knows it all. Yo, yo, hey. Money everywhere. I said, lead me out the go. I like the way he's leading me. Hey. Yo, I like the way you are leading me, Father. Just do your thing. Welcome. It's Sunday and it's Thanksgiving service. Hey, 
Hey, come on. Mm. Jesus, Jesus, my life is for your glory. Your glory. Ah. The beauty, beauty, there. Me, I go follow you. They go. Anywhere you lead me, I go go. Anywhere he leads me, I will go. Ah, Father. My life is for your glory. My eyes are closed. Man, I'm in a different world. Are you feeling me? God is good all the time. All the time, my Lord is good. You are in his presence. Forget about your problem. He's aware of it. There is nothing that has happened that God doesn't know. He knows. Glory. Your glory. Hmm. The little things I do, be like saying a big thing. Oh, he makes the little things that I do like it's a big deal, right? You will think you serving God, you cleaning the church, the altar, you feeding a homeless person, or giving, reaching out to the need, the poor, the homeless, the orphans, the widows. Probably it's just ten dollars. To you, that is nothing. To God, it's a big deal. Because the way that person will pray, ah, the way that person will pray and thank you, probably they didn't even have a meal. They didn't know. And they had prayed to God. And God is like, don't worry. I will send you help. And God uses you to bless them. God will embarrass you with blessing. Be good. Be kind to people. The people you meet on your way, treat them kindly. And listen to this message is if God is for you, who can be against you? No one. God knows what we are going through. God knows it all. Let me turn on turn on my light one minute. We reduce this if not and i don't know how i'm going to preach today i'm led to listen to message she wants today her songs are so spiritual that's right if god is with you or if, if God is for you, who can be against you? We are on a 21 days fast in the ministry. In my um, mentor's ministry, Princess Belemzi Ministries. Remember, I was on my own 30 days fast, right? For deliverance and total deliverance and restoration. That is the title of my fast, a 30 days fast. And just a few days ago, Apostle announced that we have to do a 30 days, uh, sorry, 21 days dry fast. We'll do it like the way we did the 30 days fasting during, um, was it January? Yeah, January 3rd, and we we finish on February 2nd or 3rd, thereabout. So the, the first two days we don't eat, the third day we break at 6 p.m. Her time, which is midnight my time, which is okay because like, I like to eat. I'm not like a foodie person. I can't say like, oh, I can't do without food. Well, even when we break, I just eat what I have, right? 
but it's never easy like nobody like how, how can i put it like fasting it will come with your own it's with its own challenges especially for somebody like me who is a family person you have to cook for the family right and you're like man you see you can't eat this but when you think of the benefit you think of the reason why you are fasting you are you, you hold on to it like i keep telling you all that each time i fast there is a reward each time i fast it just feels right forget about the physical aspect of it that makes you to look good because you're just drinking water like in this case we are not doing complete dry we drink water you're allowed to drink water you drink water that purifies you you know you feel good you feel light you even slim you cut down that's just a physical benefit the spiritual benefit is huge so i suspended mine on the eighth day nine i said okay i'm just going to eat since day 10 we are starting so we started my day 10 was supposed to be on friday which was the eighth so we started the 21 days fast on friday saturday today is the third day and god has been faithful for these two days he has allowed us to eat 6 p.m um columbus ohio time which is 12 midnight my time until 6 a.m which is 12 midday so at times i get i eat that late right and then i eat breakfast and lunch <laughs> like today by 10 i woke up and i had bread and chocolate nutella and then by 11 20 there about i ate lunch so i'm fine till six her time this today which is going to be 12 p.m and then we'll continue again tomorrow so the first batch will be down because we try to make it in badges we take it slow a day at a time so God asks us to read assignment, the book we are reading for this, not for the 21 days completely because we'll be having messages as well, um, other um, verses to read or books to read. But so far, what God has asked us to read is the book of Job. So we are reading the book of Job. And I was, as I was reading the book of Job yesterday, I got this message. Because if you look at Job's life, this man lived a very good life. Even the Bible himself said he was a man of integrity. Like he was fine with God. He feared God to the extent that he would even do burnt offering sacrifices on behalf of his, his children because he didn't want to offend God. That he doesn't know if his children, they might have sinned cause God in their mind or in their thought. So he will purify, he will go before God and he will do these burnt offerings. This is how Job feared God and he was blessed. He was one of, he was the richest, not one of, he was the richest man in his community at that time. He was blessed with seven kids, three girls. He had a wife, he had animals, he had servants. Yet, he was humble. Father, despite all of this, Job was humble that he always makes sure he pleases God. He will pray and burn sacrifices on behalf of his children. He was not arrogant. He didn't say like, I have money, I don't need God. There are some people today when they have little change, they're like, oh, 
my money can speak for me. My money can afford me this. My money can do this. So like they don't really give a damn. But Job was not like that. But something happened. God was so pleased with him. that God was pleased with Job. And one day, the devil and the angels had to present themselves before God. And devil, who is the accuser, was also there. And God asked him, where have you been? He said he has been around on earth, going back and forth, you know, roaming around and observing everything. He's seen everything that is going on. And God was like, did you see my, my son or my servant Job? He said, yeah, I saw him. God said, oh, like God was proud of Job. How Job can never let him go down. And it was like, oh, because he has, the devil was, because he has your protection. Because you bless him with all of these things. He's wealthy. That's why you think he's loyal to you. Take his wealth and you will see. Take all those things you've given him and he's going to curse you. And God said, okay. I'll take my hands off him. But one thing, don't kill him. So, before I continue, what is this telling you? Because this, since yesterday, I've been thinking of this. I wish I would see this lady. We can have this conversation. I remember back then, I've not really known the Bible that much. This is about probably 2013, there were about 14, where somewhere, and one lady was saying something, or 2014, 15, and she was like, oh, the devil has power. The devil can kill you. Didn't you see what the devil, the devil almost killed Job, and God told him, don't kill him, meaning the devil can kill you. So yesterday I was like, I wish the knowledge I have now, I had it. This lady has been in my mind, like, I wish I can tell her that no, it's because God took his hands off. The devil cannot kill you if God has not given the devil permission. If God had not said that, Job could have killed, and the devil could have killed Job. But why? God told him that because God has taken his hands, his, his protection and everything off, so Job was now vulnerable. The devil can kill him. But God made sure he told him, don't kill him. It doesn't mean the devil has power to take your life like that. No. What will make the devil kill you is when God is not with you. And what will make God to abandon you is sin. If you don't have a relationship with your father, he can defend you. In Job's case, it was like a, it was like a test. Let me test his loyalty. Let me take away his worth. Since you say without his worth, he can't be loyal to me. Then things began to happen. His children, in one day, Job lost everything. His worth, his animal, his children, everything. Read the book of Job. Because of time, I can't really go into it and read it, but I'll plead with you to read the book of Job. I might read some scriptures in the book to show you, to back up this. But read the book of Job. Take your time and read it. And you will understand. This will be for your own understanding, better understanding. The messengers that will come and they announce your children. The, the, the elder son had a party and invited the sisters, including his six brothers. Ten kids died 
the same day, his animals, everything that he got, and that he had. And Job got angry, and he was sad. I can't say angry. The right word to use was, he was, um, Father, help me. He was devastated. That is the word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Job was devastated, and he tore his his clothes in anguish and to show that he was really devastated he rubbed arch all over his body and he was he was sad he was sad his wife even got to a point that even his wife told him are you still trying to to protect your integrity, curse God and die. Because even in that, Job said, no. We can only thank God when he gives us things. When good things happen to us, then we praise God. When bad things happen, like him in his case, that he lost everything in one day, he should curse God. Let me take you to the book of Job. Let me read some scriptures. First of all, I have to, like, before I forget, let me apologize. Wednesday, probably you went on checking. Wednesday, I was here. I did my thing. I came live and I was preaching. And for some reason, I forgot to put my phone on silence. So somebody sent a message. So as I realized I didn't put my phone on silence, I went there to put it on silence. And for me to come back, I went off. I deleted the message and I was like, oh God. So probably you might... We're wondering what happened. Why didn't I preach on Wednesday? That is what happened. I was about to round up, I think, 55 minutes. And I deleted it, I deleted it mistakenly. And you can imagine how devastated I was. <laughs> Not like Job, right? But I was like, oh, God, why? And I tried to pull myself together to preach again. I could not. So I was like, okay, that is it. Right? So um, let me read Job 1. 21 let me see so when this happened let me read from from verse 19 suddenly a powerful wind swept in front of the wilderness and hit the house on all sides the house collapsed and all your children are dead i am the only one who escaped to tell you so that was the messenger the first of all came, they told him that, oh, the son was doing a party. The, and the first of all started with the animal. So please, I won't read it like I said again because of time. I have to go and follow up with the message for yesterday. I have to also do my assignment to make sure I read the book as well. So I won't go into details to read it. Just bear with me, but take it upon yourself and read the book of Job. So that was verse 19. Let's read further. Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his hair and fell into a ground and fell to the ground rather to worship. He said, I came naked from my mother's home and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. In all of this, Job did not sin by blaming God. Amen. Amen. How many of us will be faced with a situation like this and will not blame God? How many of us? Let us be honest. It takes 
so much for you to believe in God, for you to trust him, for you to be loyal and humble. That you are faced with a situation like this and you don't blame God. When we are faced with little things, we put it on God. We forget all the good things he has done. This is an example. Some people when they lost their job, oh, look at what God has done. God abandoned me. Now that I thought everything is going to be fine, I just lost my job. Father, why didn't you keep me there? Oh, God doesn't love me. No. If you are that one who always blame God when things go wrong, stop it, please. Stop it. Learn from Job. Learn from him. He said he came naked and he will go naked. That's the mindset we should have. All these things are vanity. That's what Job was saying in another world. Not okay, I've lost them all anyway. If I'm going, I won't go. The day he will die, they will, even if the children were bury him with the children, they were not going to bury him all his cattle, all his riches, his slaves or servants. Were not going to, they were going to bury him, al him alone. They were not bury him with the money. So he said, naked I came, naked I will go. And he praised God. He did not sin in blaming God. God was in heaven watching. God was watching. Chapter 2. Job 2 verses um, 9 to 10. His wife said to him, Are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. But Job replied, You talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. He rebuked the wife. The wife was like, look at you. You are yesterday talking about God. And God is this. God is good. God is kind. You are still praising God. Are you sure this is your God? Like seriously? This God you are saying is good. He's kind. He allowed your children to die. Ten of your children in one day. Your animal, your way, like you lost everything. And you are here still saying, are you serious? Something is wrong with you. And he said, don't speak like a foolish woman. Few weeks, probably two, three weeks ago, I was at work. I think I shared this with you all. And um, me and my colleague were talking. Where we'd work, our workplace is opposite a car, a car dealer and beside also. So we'll see people come in to buy good cars and you'll see cars driving. So the previous day, I was coming back from the city with my husband and there were cars on the street. There was traffic and you see people, beautiful cars, young people driving. And I asked my husband, so where are these people getting all this money to buy all these cars? He, he didn't answer me. He's just like, he just sighed. He said, ah, they are doing their business now. So when I came, I was talking with my colleague the following day and we started talking and she was like, yeah, we were working right. You know, we're doing everything to live right. We don't have this much money. People who do things, probably people who sell drugs or who get their money from ill-gotten means, either they do people or whatever, right? These people, they are fine. They are doing well. And we are just here. We don't have anything. And I started recounting what happened the previous day with my husband. I was telling her, and I was like, man, have you seen during summer how people come in here to buy cars because she is new, right? I said, you see opposite here, this car dealer, you see people come there with their wives, the one beside us, they come and they buy good 
cars for their wives. I'm like wondering, what do they really work that they make this type of money? And immediately I heard in my spirit, don't speak like the unbelievers. And I was like, oh, okay. So I didn't want to tell her because, first of all, she has told me a couple of times, she's not really a prayerful person. She doesn't really understand all these things I'm saying. But I keep telling her, right? And she was like, hmm. So I told her, I said, this is what God is telling me. That she's all speaking like unbelievers. And she said, you know me, I'm not really a prayer person. Then we were quiet for a minute or two. We didn't say anything. Then she was like, wow, now you make me to, to be afraid. That's what she told me. I said, yes, that's what I heard. So the fact that these people are driving these things, they have these cars, they look good in it. Are you sure these people even sleep at night? They are not happy. Some of them might be even driving like that they're on the run. They are wanted. You are a free citizen. You can go anywhere you want. You can do anything. You, you don't live a, fit, a life of a, a fugitive. You are free. And you admire them. I'm like, Father, I'm sorry. This is the same thing that Job is telling the wife, rebuking her. You should know by now that God gives, God takes. He said, don't speak like a foolish woman. But was that really the wife speaking? No, that was the devil speaking through the wife to tempt him. So the devil, who is the accuser of the brethren, will go back to God and say, didn't I tell you? But no, he rebuked it. So we should have control of ourselves, no matter what we are faced with. We should have control. Don't say, oh, I said it out of anger. Let's reason. Let's reason. Don't say, oh, it's out of anger that I said that. I'm sorry. No, you've already said it. You can't take it back. Let me read further. Okay. I wanted to read chapter 9, verses 2 to 4. Yes, I know all this is true in principle, but how can a person be declared innocent in God's sight? Okay, now this was a conversation Job was having with his friends. Right, and Job was even like, I wish I can stand before God and ask him because I know I'm living right. You know, like probably he was a giver, he was helping people, he was sharing his worth with people, and um, he burns off uh, um, sacrifices on behalf of his children. He makes sure he doesn't sin, he worships God, he pays his tithe, probably was doing all of this. That's why he had this question like, I wish I can stand before God and ask him like, where did I go wrong? And then he was saying that nobody can even argue God because God is so wise. Let me read it. Chapter 9, verses 2 to 4. Yes, I know all this is true in principle, but how can a person be declared innocent in God's sight? If someone wanted to take God to court, would it be possible to answer him even one in a thousand times? For God is so wise and so mighty. Who has ever challenged him successfully? Oh, you can God knows it all. But Job did not know that this is happening, that this was a test. He didn't know that like there was um, a bet. Let me use that word. Like God is in bed with Satan. Like, no, my son can never fail me. 
He can never do this, no matter what he's faced with. He's so loyal to me. Because if you read for that, you even see when Job went back in chapter 2, he went back to God and God was like, where have you been? He said, I've been roaming. And God was like, did you see Job? Because what happened? Calamity befell him. His children died, his animals, everything. He lost everything. He was mourning. He didn't accuse God. He didn't sin. And Satan said, yeah, it's because you are still protecting him. When you take a man's health from him, then he will insult you. He will curse it to you, curse you to your face. Satan was so sure. And God said, okay, make sure you don't kill him. Do whatever you want to do. And Satan inflicted him with boils. He said skin for skin. Like he took his health, thinking like Job, like, okay, God, you are wicked. Look at what you are doing to me. All I've been doing is good and this and this. You are not a good God. No. Job was only asking if he can have a chance, an opportunity to ask God, like, where did he go wrong? And he said he wished he was never born. He never sinned. He never said, God, look at what you are doing to me. So when you are faced with a situation, don't sin. Go before God. I've told you so many times that when I'm faced with something, my, my prayer with God is like I'm having a conversation. I'll be kind of, I was okay, Father, no, I know you are God, but look at it this way, Jesus. Don't you think this was not right? Okay, I know I might have done wrong, but, but I'll not, don't go before him. I'm saying, you have done that in the past when I didn't know better. Right? But don't go before him and say, Father, no, you are too wicked. You are, no good thing has ever happened to me. You are lying. Good things have happened. The fact that you are faced with this now doesn't mean good things have never happened. So we should be mindful. But today, God is saying, if God is with you, who can be against you? If God is for you, who can be against you? God was with Job. Despite everything that the enemy did, Job did not sin. If you look at the book of John, let me go to the book of John. John, I want to show you something. Just a minute. My... John 9... Okay, let me start from one. As Jesus was walking along, John 9, 1 to 4. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciple, asked him, Why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be could be seen in him amen amen i will end there i will not read four four is something else let me end to verse three. let me end at verse three john nine two to three jesus let me take it again as jesus was walking along he saw a man who had been blind from birth Rabbi, his disciple, asked him, Why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? 
It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. Amen? Amen. Jesus said, this man, this happened for this man to be born blind so that God's power will be seen. When Jesus would deliver this man, and he did, people were surprised. They were like, this man who has been blind all along from birth, even the man, his parents himself, they were surprised. If you read further, it was on a Sabbath day that Jesus even, you know, delivered him or healed him. And the teachers of law, they were angry. They were like, Jesus is not supposed to heal him on a, on a Sabbath day. And they were like, even, are you serious? How can you say you were born blind? And this man just made speed with mud and put on your eyes and you got healed. The man said, for all I know, I was born blind and he healed me. So you might be going through a situation thinking God doesn't love you or God has abandoned you. God wants his name to be glorified when he will bring you out of that. Did somebody hear me? God wants that his name should be glorified. That you will give him all the glory. Be like, wow, this can only be God. Probably you lost your job. You had nothing. You lost your home. You were not able to, pay, to, to, to afford the mortgage. Or you are even renting an apartment. You were given an eviction notice. And from nowhere, from nowhere, you meet like a stranger on the way. And this person is like, God has laid in my mind to bless you with 5,000 euros or $5,000. Or the person is like, oh, they, they need somebody here for a job. There's a vacancy here. Go here tomorrow. That might be an angel that will meet you on the way. Or probably you are sitting in the park. You are lonely. You are thinking, how am I going to pay my rent for next month? How am I going to meet up with my bills? And somebody walk up to you, greets you. Hello, hello, how are you? Fine. Oh, do you live in this neighborhood? You are like, yes, not far from here. So how is it? How is life? What do you do? And you are like, I was working, but I lost my job a couple of weeks ago. What do you do? I'm an accountant, or I'm a nurse, or I'm a teacher, or like, I don't really have, I don't do any uh, a white-collar job. I, go, I do anything that I say. And the man is like, oh, really? Oh, we can offer you cleaning in my company. The former cleaner we sack her or him because of whatever reason. And they give you the address. You are like, wow, this can only be God. You even go there and you give the name. that I met Mr. John yesterday. And he said, there's a vacancy here. Like, Mr. John, there's not Mr. John, but there's a vacancy. Come. God will say, and you glorify God. You will testify. You will give a testimony. And people will be like, wow. If you didn't lose your job, you will not have that big testimony to glorify God. God did this to Job. If you read in verse chapter 42, not verse chapter 42, God restored him, gave him everything he lost, double. God blessed him back with the kids he lost and his property. And now family and friends are abandoning him. They came to share with him. They even brought him gift, gave him money. And after God has given him money, they came again and gave him. That's the blessings of God, double, double. But we should learn something in all of this. Be patient. Keep seeking God's face. Don't sin. Don't curse God. Don't curse God. I remember even in the um, when Lazarus died. Father just reminded me of that. When Lazarus died, 
Jesus did not go immediately. Even when he was sick, the sisters sent message across. Jesus did not go. Lazarus died. He was buried. He was in the tomb for four days. Jesus came. People were like, oh, look at how he's crying. He really loved his friend. Some were even like, but this man could have come and healed him. He has been healing people we have been hearing. He has healed the blind, the lame, the deaf, the dumb, the woman with the issue of blood and this and that. I've heard so many things of Jesus turning water into wine in a wedding. He could have come and healed him. He allowed his friend to die. No. They were kind of used to that. God wanted to do something new that would blow the mind of people. That people will be like, wow, God wanted to do a one miracle. Permit me use that word. God wanted to do a one miracle. That people will be like, wow, this can only be God. That's why he allowed him to die. And Jesus went there four days after. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came out of the tomb. Lazarus, Jesus gave him life. Rose him from the dead. And they gave God glory. People glorified God. People talked of it all over. People came to see Jesus because of this. And the Pharisees, the, the teachers of law, they were angry. They killed Lazarus later on. If you read your Bible, you'll see that they killed him. And they plotted to kill Jesus. They said, oh, because of this Lazarus, it's because of him. That Jesus raised from the dead. Now everybody is going to Jesus. So let's look for a means to kill him and kill even the Jesus. Because we are losing people. People are all going to him. People don't believe us again. If not, the Romans army are coming to, to destroy our temple and everything. They killed Lazarus. Like So when people come like, you know, they were doing that. So in future, in the near future, let's say in the coming weeks, when people come like, we heard Jesus rose Lazarus from the way. Say, ah, the Lazarus is dead. Like some people will not believe it. They'll be like, okay, I went to see him. I did some people will be like, no, we saw him. So there'll be that argument. They killed Jesus. They killed Lazarus. But killing Jesus was to glorify God's name. And they thought killing Jesus was going to, to silence people believing in God, in Jesus' God. Because to them, they were like, we believe in God, but we don't believe in you. We don't know you. Right, we believe in Moses, and Moses did this and this. You, we know you. Like, we know you. Are you not the carpenter's son? You are coming to tell us that you are God and all of this. But Jesus has multiplied Himself through His disciples because they have they had learned from Him. They learned very well, and now they started going around the Book of Acts. They were going around preaching after they received the Holy Spirit because Jesus came and told them. That do not leave until God sends you the gift he has promised. So they started preaching. They win souls. They tried to shut them down. No. They beat the disciples. The disciples were happy. They said, oh, we could be flogged because of Jesus. We don't want it. They were happy. So God will allow certain things to happen. He's with you. He's there. That thing will not kill you. That thing should make you to go stronger, closer to God. And you'll come out stronger. Your faith will grow. Your faith will grow the more. Because you say like, wow. Like the example I just quoted, you'll be like, wow. 
this can only be God because I've been applying. People are turning me down. There is no vacancy, but God sent an angel because I went to that place and they told me that there is nobody here by name Mr. John. But God sent an angel in the park. You'll be telling how can this be possible? You say, yes, it is possible. So people of God, as you are listening to me today, believe in God. Know that if God is for you, no one can be against you. Romans 8, 31. That if God is for us, who can be against us? Nobody. So let's make sure we have a relationship with Father. That he can fight our battles at all times. He can stand and defend us like he defended Job. Like he defended Job. Okay? So hope God bless you. You have learned something today. May the Spirit of God fill you. May God strengthen you. You who is going through depression, through stress. You who have lost your job. You who, is, who have lost hope. You who think it's all over. I'm here today to tell that it's not over. That God is seeing it. God knows. As long as we are alive, we should have hope and trust and believe in God. Do your part and leave the rest. What is your part? Pray. Stay holy. Trust in God. Keep confessing him, Jesus, as your personal Lord and Savior. And God is going to come true for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So you are blessed. And Father, we thank you for this message. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Yahweh. Father, take all the glory, Lord Jesus, for preaching through my mouth. I give you all glory. Father, Lord, we thank you for this week that has come to an end, for provision, for grace, for mercy, for protection, for good health. We thank you. We commit this new week into your hands, Yahweh, that, Father, may you forgive us our sins in any way, be it directly or indirectly in our thoughts. Forgive us, Yahweh. Forgive us. Take over us, Father. Guide us, order our steps. That any blessings that you have for us this week, let it not pass us by. Put your angels in front of us to lead us, to direct us, and behind to wash over us. Be the lamp to our feet and the light to our path. Let us be a blessing to someone this week in the mighty name of Jesus. Let us do good this week, Father Lord. Help us, Yahweh. Help us, Father, that in everything, let us not sin. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Yahweh. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for everything. We thank you for our lives. We thank you that we are still alive. There is hope. We thank you. We know you definitely come true for us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, sweet Jesus, for always being there for us. Thank you, Lord, for always, for always being there for us. In Jesus' mighty name, we say amen.
when your strength is failing you, when you have done everything humanly possible to resolve that problem, turn to God. Even as you are doing it, keep praying because we can't do it without Him. Ask Him to lead you, to direct you. Trust in Him and in all. Praise Him. Take that situation and praise Him. Praise Him. Until we meet again, you are blessed. Go out, pray love, share love. I love you all, the love of God. Bye-bye.